It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, October 2nd. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. I think learned a lot about the Flyers team this weekend. We learned about the team. We don't know about the coaching. Well, that is possible. We will get into that and talk camp news and our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And we, as a show, are on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, you name it, at Lockdown Flyers as well. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app. And where you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, we had a bunch of cuts from camp that were announced pretty much like right before each of the two games, which I find fascinating that timing of, ha- of how the Flyers structured it. Um, There could be more cuts that happened yesterday on Sunday after we recorded. But as of what we know, um, you know, we saw that Alexis Gendron and Zade Wisdom uh, were sent back to the Phantoms or in preparation for Phantoms camp, which started yesterday. Uh, Mason Millman, Ethan Sampson, Will Zamolek as well. And then um, the guys that were on like a PTO for the pro level, but have AHL contracts, uh, Adam Karashik, Nolan Mayer, um, back to the Phantoms. And then uh, before the Saturday night game, Elliot Denoyer, Jacob Goucher, Helge Granz, and Jordy Bellreeve. And so I think, you know, as far as these names go for me, um, I would have liked to have seen Alexis Gendron get in one more game at, at the Flyers level. And then I, I think there's some maybe disappointment around Elliot Denoyer's preseason. Sure. I mean, we could say there's disappointment for Denoyer. I think that's fair. I think he raised expectations to a certain degree. Um, but again, he, he's still young enough where I, you know, I'm not going to write him off or anything, but I get it. Um, I was disappointed in the Flyers sending Helge Granz back because other than a turnover in the, um, in the Boston game, actually he had some good plays too with the long reach I mean, he could actually, I think, help that defense, but he's moldable. But the thing is, again, I kind of look at John Tortorella and what he did with Cam York, and I think he's doing the same thing with Helge Grounds. He's kind of like, okay, I see that you can play in the NHL, but I'm going to let them take care of you. And then when they fix you, then you can come up and I'll work with you. And and I don't love that. I, I, I will admit that. I don't love that. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I totally get that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. My thought is is what they are thinking is that to me, Helge Granz did not make any of the defensive pairings he was in better. I think he was there, but I think from a guy like him with his style of play, they need him to be the anchor 
of a pairing. And I don't think he was that in the preseason. And that's why he needs to uh, up level his skill just a little bit before he returns. And so that is my theory. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but it's a theory. It's a decent theory. I mean, I felt like he was better than Sean Walker. I'm kind of scratching my head why Sean Walker is even there. Well, I don't know. I think that's a pro-level courtesy, and, and it's similar to Gardner, who wound up scoring a goal. On, yeah, but again, uh, are we here for pro-level courtesy, or are we here to build for the future? Like, what are, what are we here for? That message is muddy. Yeah, I know. That, and that's what's, that's what's happening here. That message is getting muddy. I think you could say that, uh, but you could also say this feels like John Tortorella. Because I think yeah. that's something he does. So I think it's predictable. Is it the right message? I don't know. But is it predictable? I think so. Sure. Can't argue that. Um, in other camp news, uh, Cam York practiced with the main uh, non-game group. Uh, so it seems like he's cleared to return, but he did not get into the lineup for Saturday. Makes a lot of sense, but we look to see him in the next preseason game here. Yeah, it'll be against the uh, Bruins. Absolutely. Uh, and then to your point in the cold open, uh, Rocky Thompson was behind the bench for both of the games this weekend. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you are not pleased with that, Russ. No, I mean, but I'm going to speak for other people. I couldn't find anybody sitting near me that thought that that made any sense. Last year, okay. You want to look at your team and use that excuse last year? Fine. Didn't make any sense this year. Like nobody, for the first home game, nobody saw any sense to not having him behind the bench, meaning John. Yeah, I think that at this point, he needs to be behind the bench. The fact that, especially for that first home game, right. like I think maybe you could excuse it or, or understand it for that last road game. Does it matter? But I think even optically, it would have been better to have him uh, towards behind the bench for that first home game. I mean, just think optically, like I'm just going to throw this out there. What if I'm a fan that's sort of on the fence about buying tickets and I want to kind of see what the flyers are and there's no torts at post game. Like, you know, it's Rocky Thompson talking. Like, I don't know how that, I don't know how I feel about that. If at least yeah, if the coach is talking and can give you like a halfway, you know, during preseason update, I feel like that's more effective. Yeah, I think so too. And not that I don't appreciate what Rocky Thompson can do. No, I think, it has nothing to do with Rocky. Yeah, I honestly, I think he had some smart things to say. And, you know, I'm glad he's on the staff, which yeah. you know, is something that I've learned over the last year with him being around. Uh, I just think that, especially for this first home game, you really needed to hear from John Tortorella. So I mean, This is a new um, era of Orange. Shouldn't the coach be there? Like, it just is weird. It is very weird. Just taking a look at at least what I learned overall from these couple of games, I really think the Flyers defense is starting to take shape in terms of results and what it'll look like this season, that they're going to work hard and they're going to have some success. I think they did have streaks of stopping you know, shots overall from both Boston and New Jersey. Um, but they're going to get beat sometimes and they're going to make a bunch of mistakes and it's going to cost them to some degree. And I think it's just it, I think this Flyers blue line is as expected along those lines. Yeah, I think it's as expected. Um, they're going to make nice plays. There's going to be horrific breakdowns. We, we've seen both of yeah. those. 
Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I still don't know what the top pairing is, though. I have no idea. No, no. I think that's the question. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show. I, I do think um, we learned that, you know, compared to the first couple of preseason games, they can get shots on goal if they put the effort in. Um, they were up in shots on goal on both uh, Boston and the Devils in this weekend's action. Um, they, they in fact, bested the Bruins with a 14 to 11 high danger chances for um, this weekend. And they were even uh, 10 to 10 with the Devils, which compared to that first game against the Devils, I mean, night and day. So they yeah. can create chances if they work at it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they definitely can create chances if they work at it. Um, I think overall, though, as a group, like foot speed on that defense isn't great. So they're going to have to do other things to to kind of make up for that. And and still bringing the puck up the ice, a little tricky at times. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think there is uh, some realism to that for sure. Um, one thing that I think will improve uh, that we've talked about is face-offs. Um, mm-hmm. Just having Sean Couturier out there, man, he had like 68% or yeah. something like that yes. on face-offs made a difference. And Ryan Paling is going to make a difference on face-offs. I think he's pretty good at that. Yeah, Paling's good on it. That's the one part of Couturier's game that hasn't fallen off is, is the face-offs. But, you know, like yet that, that game against um, New Jersey, he had a turnover right away. Right. The foot speed's just not there. The timing's not quite there. You see some moments where – but but he's nowhere near. He might need 10 or more games just to kind of look like whatever the next Sean Couturier is going to look like. Right. Uh, I, I think at least we know the face-off is, is yes. going to be – uh, there. Uh, I think special teams are going to be pretty similar to last year. Uh, I think they need to figure out the right combinations because I think we had some second unit power play time that was much better than the first unit. That was power the case last time. year too. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's uh, that is going to be a tough road this year. They just don't have the quickness in the uh, passing it's not crisp on the power play and they made some uh mistakes were made on the pk that's for well, sure they didn't, right, so they didn't have talk- any penalties in the devil's game so it's hard because it's only one game of data here right well but on the power play you should never give up a two on oh uh going the other way never no. ever ever i don't know how that even happened no. Yeah, yeah, but it it just feels like the special teams are going to look pretty similar to last year. Yes. Um, and again, small amount of data, but I was pleasantly surprised at the success of the shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's something that you can look at and say, okay, maybe there's going to be some improvement there. That's fine. I think yeah, that's fair. Yeah, against a goaltender like Olmark, I mean, I thought that was uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right, we've got a lot of players to catch up on and see how they did this weekend, and we will do that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, and exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. We'll have more on Flyers training camp all week long, including a recap of tonight's second matchup against the Boston Bruins, which we will talk about on tomorrow's show. Uh, Looking at some of the individual player performances, I think, you know, obviously the standout guy from this weekend that took a a step forward uh, as far as camp goes is Bobby Brink, right? Yeah, I mean, he he showed more on the playmaking. Look, on that goal, he's not going to get that long of an opportunity to shoot like that um, in the regular season. But the playmaking one with with Allison, that was a good play. So that's if he could show a little more of that, that's good. But those other concerns I have for him are still there. And I I just feel like it's not the right time to elevate him. I'm glad to see more out of him. That's good. And I think Danny Briere talking to him helped. But I still don't see the strength that's ready and I still don't see, you know, any kind of puck possession. Yes, he can make a skill play, but there's nothing that that continues the play. And and I'm not the only one that feels that way. I was talking to people about it, and they see it too. Now, I get it. There's always going to be this, hey, we got to bring Bobby Brink up thing. But you got to bring him up when it's right. I don't know if it's right yet. Yeah, and I think it does depend on who he's with as well. I yes. think he thrives much more when he's on a line with Morgan Frost. I think Morgan Frost is at that age and at that skill level where he knows how to like work with slightly younger guys to elevate yes. their game, um, but also has that energy of a young guy. And mm-hmm. so they, I think they just mesh well together. And I think that really helped Brink's game. Yeah, so that there's no doubt about that, but... John Tortorella did create a battle. You wanted to see a battle, and now he has created one. It's unfortunate now because it looks like because they had that need on the left side, um, now that Wade Allison's playing better, I think he's going to end up getting on the left side. But if that happens, I don't know if there's a spot for Tyson Forrester anymore. Yeah, I think that's what's real interesting here, that with Brink elevating his game and Wade Allison, to your point, Tyson Forster, while I think he looked fine, like I don't think there was anything wrong necessarily, but he didn't elevate his game in the same way that those other two did. Like Wade Allison really, like you could tell he was putting everything out there and Forster was, was playing well. He just wasn't creating as much. 
right in a way to stand out right right and that's the thing and so that it may be a numbers game with with Forrester in the end and you know nobody really foresaw that but right now it does seem to be heading that way and you know there's not much you could do about it yeah except yeah. if you score um, you know of course right <laughs> right um, we did get our first look at a couple of vets this weekend. Uh, we saw Travis Sanheim uh, versus Boston, and then Risto was in the other game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about seeing Emil Andre with somebody other than Helge Granz. Well, we got him with Ristolainen, which I think was a little surprising to me. It was. But I, but I do think, in a weird way, it kind of worked. It did. I mean, look, Andre, I think, is one of those guys you could put with a lot of people. And and it's good that fans are excited about him. They should be. He's a good player, but he's not ready yet either. But that's okay. He's showing well, and he is a guy that even if he's showing well, does need to go down. He he's a guy that you don't want to to learn it all at the NHL level. You want him to be comfortable with the whole North American surroundings first. Yeah, I did also like. I just was surprised by both of these because I liked that pairing with Andre and Risto. I also really liked the pairing um, against Boston with Zamula and Sandheim. I yeah. thought with Sandheim on the right and Zamula on the left, I just think they worked well together. And I think that you know they both have the capability of getting back in a pinch. Like they are, they have really good complementary guys. Yeah, there's a two good skaters there. And so, yes, they I did feel like they worked well together. I'm with you on that. Yeah, so that was of interest to me because it's not something I necessarily would have done myself on paper. But I think right. seeing it out in a game, both of those pairings were intriguing for me. Um, you know, I have to say, uh, my boy Tanner Lazinski uh, did not really stand out as much. No. Versus the Devils, I was really disappointed in that. Um, now, you know, he was on a line with Atkinson making his debut, uh, which we should talk about for sure. Um, I feel like that line was a little bit cobbled together. Like there wasn't, it was just sort of like, we have to put these guys out and they're the only right. third liners. Like, you know, yeah. um, so with Matt Brown, um, who again, I think played really he well. Played well. <laughs> Matt Brown had a good game. Yeah, yeah, against, but I just feel the Devils like that. That was a good game. Yeah, so like Atkinson was just doing his own thing, trying to figure right. his game out, and so I feel like Tanner Lazinski maybe was kind of um, in a bad position in this one, but also he didn't do anything particular to stand out. Yeah, you know that happens sometimes. So that that's a just a circumstance thing. We also saw Samu Tuamala come back in the game against the Devils and. I feel like he's just on this trajectory where he's doing the most and sometimes it's successful and sometimes right. it's not, but I feel like it's more not successful than it is, but he is absolutely just doing everything he can. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's speed, there's skill there, but he has to put it together and yeah. he's just not going to be able to put it together in camp. That's all. But there's moments you can see where, okay, guy has some talent, but you know, consistency and putting it together, that's going to be the, the key for him. Yeah, I think so. And I think another guy who's kind of going to be just locked out from a, a numbers game again is Ali Lixall. I think he did have some good chances. Um, I, I did think he played pretty well. 
against the Devils, especially in a fourth line role uh, with Gardner and Tuomala. Again, Tuomala was doing the most. So I think it was hard for Lixel to get as much time right. with the puck on yeah. that line. Honestly, yeah. I think that's what was happening there. Um, but I feel like he's just going to kind of be left out in this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that 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 is what's going to happen. So um, I do want to talk about goaltending a little bit because we have this uh, perennial question hanging over our heads. And um, we had the split game on uh, Friday and then Carter Hart playing the entirety of the first home game uh, versus the Devils, which I think was the right way to do it. Um, yeah, that was good. Hart. No, I think that was right. Yeah. And so it was good to see Carter Hart play a full game, having not checked into any of the games so far. Right. And um, it just makes me wonder for that first game against the Bruins, which, you know, the, the Bruins, it was a home game for them. They put out their top line. And yeah, they had they almost had, everybody out. Not quite everybody, but almost everybody, but yeah. Almost, yeah, almost everybody was out there. And for Urson and Peterson to have that opportunity to go up against those guys, I think was really important for the Flyers to see. Um, Peterson had a lot, uh, a little bit more of the ice time than Sam He Urson did, he actually played better. Did. Yeah, he did. He made some amazing saves and um, I think really, you know, kept the Flyers in that one. If you're he talking did. About he was very aggressive. Yeah. Maybe the second period or something made some really big saves. Yeah, I think so. And so I think it's this weekend actually, I think, made that backup question a little bit harder for the yeah. Flyers. Than well, maybe for have... us, maybe not for the coach. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see. How that goes. And then as far as Carter Hart uh, up against the Devils, I think, you know, again, with the defense that's in front of them, um, he was kind of hung out to dry in a couple of circumstances. Yeah. I think, you know, there's not much he could have done, um, you know, especially in that overtime. The, the Flyers were just worn out. They were out there too long. Um, it felt kind of inevitable at the end of that shift. So, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything to critique here with Carter Hart. I think it was a good no. warm-up game for him. Yeah. And, and a good indicator of what he's going to have in front of him. This yeah, and he made the save on the 2-on-0, which was great. Yeah. Uh, look, if that game had Luke Hughes and, and Jack Hughes in it, the Flyers wouldn't even have been in the game. Like, we have to be yeah. realistic about it. because, yeah. And it wouldn't have anything about lack of offense, wouldn't have anything to do with it. They would just keep turning on the Jets and keep scoring. And I think everybody in that building realizes the gap now between like a team like the Flyers and a team like the Devils. Like that's, yeah, that's really what you have to look at because the difference, and we were talking about this in the press box, the difference with the Devils is not only are they a team that could go for the Stanley Cup, but they have one of the three best farm systems too. Yeah, they do. They do. All right. Well, uh, we have so much more to talk about this week with all these guys but we do have our nemesis of the week to name as we do each and every monday and we will do that coming up next today's episode is brought to you by a product that i literally use literally every day ag1 i gave ag1 a try because i'm tired of taking so many supplements and wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers my nutritional bases every day I want a better gut health, more energy, immune system support, but I hated taking pills and wanted a supplement that tastes great. 
I drink AG1 because I started my day and it makes me ready to go and I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it needs. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and well-being. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplements routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs. With your first purchase, go drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with code NHL. All right. Uh, as I said before the break, each and every Monday on the show, we name our nemesis of the week. That's like who or what is bothering us in the land of the Flyers and the NHL for the upcoming week. Last week, we talked a lot about um, having outside competition that, you know, prior to that, it was a bunch of scrimmages and in camp but that now we're going to have to face other teams and really see what those gaps are to your point from the last segment about the flyers and the devils. Um, you know, I also talked about the Jersey manufacturing and delivery, which the jerseys did go on sale uh, just at the arena store. So at least you can get them very happy to see that. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, for me, the nemesis is going to be figuring out the Flyers blue line. And we've hinted at that a little bit this episode and, and a lot um, over the last week or so that it's really unclear, you know, what the pairings are going to be and how they're going to go about putting it together um, to start the season and, you know, who the top pairing is going to be. You know, what is the rotation in? Are they going to rotate guys in to the blue line over the season like they did um, for the second half of the season last year? And um, I just think we are no closer to an answer here. And so I'm hoping that by the end of this week, there's more of an answer. Yeah, I think my um, my nemesis is there's nobody, you know, writers and fans always want to focus on like, you know, one player, every player, every team seemingly has a star. The Flyers don't have that. Like even Carter Hart's a really good player, but he's not an elite goaltender. He's not. Maybe he'll be someday, but he's not at this moment. So it's like when you look at them, you know, maybe Matt Bay Mitchkoff will be their star, but that's still two, three years away possibly. So right now when you look at them, you don't know. And you could tell with the opening marketing that the Flyers don't know either. And so they're sort of going with Tippett. They're sort of going with that. Really, and Tippett's, you know, got to start showing more in the, yeah. in the preseason too. Um, we haven't even talked about him. So I just feel like there is that missing 
element of buzz and there's nobody to really create that buzz this year. Yeah, I think Travis Konechny is is one of those guys that they should be marketing heavily and hopefully yeah. they will because I think he is seen as a star, not elite, but he's seen as a star right. um, throughout the league and by other teams. Um, certainly uh, opposing broadcasts talk about him a lot mm-hmm. uh, when they call uh, Flyers games. Yeah, so, he can be exciting. So I, I think there's at least something to that. But there's not anything like where if the Flyers are going to, I don't know, Edmonton, what would make an Edmonton go fan go to the, see that game? Yeah, it's like Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers versus who and the right. Philadelphia Flyers. It's I an mean, issue. In Edmonton, in Edmonton, they would say Carter Hart because he's a local boy. But, right. but it's an issue. Um, it is an issue. No, your point stands. <laughs> but uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think that is the nemesis. Like, who is like the the marketing going yeah. to focus around? But I think there's a lot for a lot of opportunity now, which I sure. you know, for guys to establish themselves as that person. So yeah, I think um, I think that that's part of the fun of being this early in the rebuild. Um, you know, we did focus a lot on the prospects on this show. Uh, we do have another preseason game tonight against the Boston Bruins, round two of that, this time at home. Um, I do want to, you know, when we talk about this game tomorrow, we're going to focus a little bit more on the vets uh, that we haven't talked about. And uh, I do want to see Couturier and Atkinson check back into this one. I don't know if they'll do yeah. it, but I think they should. I think they should, but I don't know if they'll do it either. But there's a day off in between, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that will do it for today's show. Uh, Like I said, we will be back tomorrow. We are going to talk about that Flyers versus Bruins game. And uh, Phantoms camp started uh, yesterday. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Get back into our habit of doing Phantoms Tuesday as the season gets going. So tune in for that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions for us, you can send them to us via DM on the app formerly known as Twitter. You can email us at lockedonflyers at gmail, or you can comment over on our YouTube channel. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great Monday, everyone. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.